Hey y'all, welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I am your host, Cannabis Sativa. If you're currently a medical marijuana patient and would like to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Hey y'all, hope you guys are having a good Saturday. It's uh, Mrs. Sativa here in Legal Grass, Massachusetts, the heartland of America. Um, right now, um, we're gonna do a uh, quick story. It's not gonna. I'm not gonna keep this episode too long. Um, it's from the website Green Entrepreneur, and it, the article is titled "Boomers Embrace Medical Cannabis, But Even in Colorado, the Stigma Remains." Boomers have never gotten over their fear that their parents would find out they smoke pot. The boomers grew up with parents and grandparents who frowned upon the use of marijuana which back then was illegal everywhere. But even though it's illegal in many states, a stigma is still attached to its use among baby boomers themselves. This is despite the fact that many of those over 60 report positive results from using marijuana to treat issues such as pain and nausea. Those are the findings of a new study in Colorado in which those over the age of 60 were asked for their views of marijuana as well as their hints their habits in using it. The report found that usage continues to increase for seniors. Quote, Older adults who use cannabis for medical purposes reported positive outcomes, but highlighting, but highlighted difficulties in access, assessing, me, accessing medical cannabis. End quote. The researchers wrote in a su- summary of the study. Older adults in Colorado also revealed how a stigma continues to be attached to using cannabis. See, this is why I do what I do, man. Um, I want this accessible to everyone who needs it. Everyone of all ages with, with, with their doctor's approval to, to, to have access to this, especially for medical purposes. I know recreational and medical are one and the same. All use is medical use, but you know, the people that, the people that, that are, that are the most sickest that are are using pharmaceuticals that are doing the most damage to them are the people that need it the most and those are the people i'm going to fight for the most i mean i i care about all i care about all people but i i definitely care about pe- the the sickest and the most neediest of it whether through disability whether through you know financial struggle and affording this or whatever i care about the people the people who need it the most will get the most help, in my in my opinion. But let's continue. The study also goes into great detail on the use of marijuana among older Americans. For example, they point to, per- to previous research that indicates the use of marijuana by those 50 or, or older had increased by 71% just between 2006 and 2013. The study produced five major areas that were the most common among all senior surveys. Boomers want to know about cannabis. They want to know more about cannabis. More than 70% of comments from those surveyed indicated that more education on the issues and the uses of cannabis is needed for older people. Some also suggested that the research is needed to study the impact of cannabis on a variety of ailments. Doctors are silent about cannabis. 
Many boomers said that they're most comfortable discussing issues with their primary care provider, with the exception of medical cannabis. They say their doctor is not open to discussing medical cannabis as they want. Doctors block access to cannabis. Many of those reported that their primary care physicians were unable or unwilling to provide a certificate. The document required to access medical cannabis from a dispensary. Again, this is this is why in all these um all these informational um episodes that I've done with you guys about how to get cards in respective states. That's why I tell you to never talk to your primary care doctor about this. Again, one, they're not educated on on cannabis. They did not learn it in medical school in the 1970s or 80s or 90s or 2000s even. They didn't learn it because it's been a schedule 1 narcotic for several decades. So they never learned it in medical school. And B, you know, even if they have personal experience with it, they're probably of the the variety that, you know, have hasn't done it since college, since undergrad or even grad school or med school a little bit. They haven't done it since then. It's been 30 years since they've done it. It's been 30, 40 years since they've done it. And they don't really know a whole lot about it, or they still think they still think it's bad, like Nixon told him to think. So they're not the best person to go to. If you're if you're a senior citizen or you're an elder, you're elderly, and you want access to medical cannabis, you, the only thing you talk to your primary care physician about cannabis, you a you don't talk to them about cannabis. B all you do when you're trying to get your medical marijuana card. You go to your doctor and you only ask for your medical records. That's all you ask for. If they ask why you want your medical records, tell them you you just want it. They don't have to know the reason. You take those said medical records and then you go to you go to a specialized medical marijuana doctor. I'm gonna put some in the notes. I'm gonna put some in the notes so you guys have access to it. But just go to your primary care doctor. You know. Just ask for your medical records. You might even be able to just talk to the secretary and get it. You may not even need to pay the copay and and go to the office, and go to the office and get a full checkup or whatever. No, you you might just be able to get it from the secretary directly. But um, but again, only talk to your medical doctor or your primary care or your specialist for the medical records to um to bring to the cannabis doctor. The cannabis, the specialized cannabis doctor that issues the recommendation. Again, a doctor cannot prescribe it. It's a Schedule One narcotic. They can only really prescribe you Marinol, and a lot of doctors don't want to really do that either. They can only recommend it, and most doctors, most primary, most typical primary care doctors are not comfortable recommending it. So you have to take your medical records to a specialized marijuana doctor, which you pay. Anywhere from fifty to two hundred dollars, or, or more, depending on the state, they they fill out the needed paperwork to the to that your state medical marijuana program needs, and then you get your card. That's how it tends to work. Don't talk to your doctor about cannabis until until they get reeducated on it, because most doctors they they hold reefer madness views. A B they weren't taught in medical school, so even if they do want to help you on it, they they don't really know anything about it. Positive outcomes. Users reported positive outcomes in using cannabis. Non-users reported hearing about positive outcomes from their friends and family. Some reported using cannabis for sleep difficulties, but the majority reported using it to treat pain related to illness or injury. Stigma. 
The report found that both users and non-users share a negative view of using cannabis as a recreational drug. Again, there's no such thing as recreational. All use is medical, like Dennis Perron once said. Perron, I think that's how you say it. Those surveyed did point out that recreational cannabis, which associated with youth and carelessness. See, this is that mentality that, that a lot of people and a lot of politicians still have. Your average politician in your state house, or your um, or even in the even in the House of Reps or or or, or U.S. Senate, again they see it as like a as a drug. Young people do they don't see it for the medical purposes, or if they do, or even if they have to say that it has medical value to keep their seat because it's 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 so it'd be so like. It'd be seen as crazy to say it doesn't have medical value in 2019 because 33 states, 33, 34 states have made it legal for medical use. Even if, yeah. So, I mean, it'd be silly and it would be on, it would make them unelectable, but the, but in the reddest of states to say there, there's no medical value to cannabis. But a lot of them have that mindset that it's, it's associated with youth and carelessness that you you do it in your college days or you do it in your 20s when you're young and unattached once you get those once you get those children once you get that mortgage once you get that nine to five job you bet you better stop you better stop because that's what adults do that's that's what that's, i'm sure that that's how my parents see it that's how a lot of people see it that's how a lot of people still see it was also compatible comparable and sometimes preferable to drinking alcohol. The research was led by Julia Bobbitt of the University of Illinois Ur Urbana-Champaign. Probably butchering that. Other researchers came from the University of Colorado and the University of I Iowa. The researchers set out to find the most salient themes among seniors who use medical and recreational cannabis in Colorado. They specifically wanted to find out the details on the perception of cannabis use by both the users and non-users, how older users access cannabis, and both the positive and negative outcomes from cannabis use. They spoke to 136 people over the age of 60 between June and November 2017 through focus groups held in senior centers, health clinics, and cannabis dispensaries in 15 cities in Colorado. Follow dispensaries.com on Twitter to stay up to date on the latest cannabis news. End of article. So again, I'm going to attach resources in the show notes so you can... So after you get your medical records from your doctor, you can go to the cannabis doctor that issues you the recommendation and fills out the paper, helps fill out the paperwork to your to your state so you can... So the state can process it and then get you the card that you can then use to, to, to go to dispensaries with. So I'm going to put all of that in the show notes so you have access. And um, I and yeah, so I, I really hope you got a lot out of this. And and this, this is why I do what I do, man. This is why I do what I do, folks. If you find yourself coming around often to my podcast and want to support and expand our humble little project, there are a few ways you can support us. We plan on doing big and humble little things with our projects, such as getting to trade shows, visiting other MMJ and recreational states, and doing on-field work. Supporting us helps us keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting and equipment, and travel. And you can do this by going to www.anchor.fm 
slash I am cannabis sativa podcast slash support. You can also support me now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash IC sativa podcasts. You can support the podcast for as little as $1 a month. We also have $5 and $10 tiers if you're feeling extra generous, and those come with their own benefits too. And um, if you subscribe to the the 10 and above tier, you you get some personal time if you're over 21 with Mr. Sativa. So, you know, you can chat with me on Discord. You know, we can have 15-minute one-on-one time. So you get you get exclusive episodes. You get early releases when you join these tiers. And you can also subscribe and find our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor FM, Overcast, Radio Republic, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Follow us on socials at um on, on Twitter, for example, at IC Sativa Podcast and on Instagram at I am Cannabis Sativa. And as always, stay medicated, my friends. Peace.